right, guys, welcome back. Another podcast episode we're going to jump right into. Um, this one is actually, it came as an email. And so it was a, a message that I got that it's kind of connection. Like we, we get a lot of feedback on hold conditioning, a lot of positive feedback on, on hold conditioning. A lot of people that are interested in, in doing it as maybe an alternative to other ways that are out there from like along the force fetch lines. Um, we're not going to get into that real specifically in conversation because we've talked a lot about it in the past and there's a lot of podcasts that we've touched on it. This is a, a branch off of that tree, if you will. Um, it was a question that came in and it's it it touches on it. Hold is going to become part of it. Um, but let's get right into it. Here it's a, here he is. He says, uh, my name is Guy. And so this guy is Guy. Guy says, uh, I've been watching your videos obsessively for the last few days on YouTube, which I thank him for that. Um, I thank all of you guys who are, who are following along with us on our journey of growing in these different spaces. One of our major pushes, and it's one of Ben's super high priorities, is to try to provide and, and add to the content that we're using uh, or putting out on YouTube. So Guy found us through YouTube, which is interesting because I'm getting a lot more messages um, these days uh, generated from YouTube following. So it, it says, it, it. so here's, this is a total sidetrack to it, but it's exactly what we're trying to do. Uh, we're using different platforms like Instagram, Facebook, um, our website, YouTube, in a lot of ways, they're orchestrated to work together. In a lot of ways, that, and in a lot of ways, there are they're different because um, they set up differently, and they're they're better for us to u- utilize um, in certain ways. And YouTube is one that can, we can get pretty involved in, pretty deep in, because again, it's one of these things where people choose to be there. As a rule, they're searching it out or, or searching out that topic at least, and then they can choose to watch what they want. Um, where social media is sometimes a little bit different where if depending on if it's sponsored or if it's suggested or recommended, if it's popping up in people's feeds for different reasons. Um, again, it, every, they all work a little bit differently, but YouTube is one that I like because I feel like we get a, we have the opportunity to really share a lot of information. Um, so this guy found us on YouTube and, and a lot of messages recently have been coming generated because of YouTube. So I think it, I do think it's interesting. It's maybe coincidental, but um, that's a plug for YouTube indirectly as well because I think that if you're interested in our podcast, if you're listening to our podcast, I ask you to watch our YouTube channel. I think you'll get double the um, return on it. If you're watching our YouTube, I'm going to start asking you to listen to our podcast because I think you'll get double the return on it. And the reason I say double the return is because it's different. It's not the same. Um, there's a lot of overlapping, but it's just it's not the same. So anyway... This guy is watching videos obsessively for the last few days on YouTube. Can't believe how good they are, and I think they're amazing and exactly what I'm looking for. So I say that it makes me feel good because it does make me feel good. Um, I appreciate his kind words. Now, to his question, he says, I have a six-month-old puppy, pretty damn good, but she's one flaw. When I throw something for him, he'll only bring it back 25 or 50% of the way that then he just lays down with it. He doesn't chew it, just wants to lay down and not bring it to my hand. I realize after watching your videos, I've messed up somewhere along the way. So I'm thinking about 
the right thing to do is probably start hold conditioning, but I do have a few questions. First off, I don't think he's teething anymore, but do you think he's still too young? If he's too young, what should I do? No retrieving, no holding, no carrying at all? As a note, if I gave him the dummy or bumpy to ho- bumper to hold on to, he'd go for a two-mile walk with it w- with me and happily do that. He'll, he just lays down along the way and probably never bring it to hand if I asked for it. So I'm a little bit confused by that, but we'll get into it in a second. He said, thank you so much. Hope you have a great day. I'm guessing you by your phone number. So I'm not sure where he found our phone number. He must have seen our phone number. Uh, you're located on the internet that you must be a Packers fan. Good luck this weekend. To my own satisfaction. I shouldn't say it's satisfaction, but I'm not a Packers fan. Uh, Packers got beat last night. It was It's depressing in our area. It's devastating in households, including ours, because I do live with Packer fans. We're not going to hang up on the, the playoffs, but uh, it would have been nice to see the Packers win. You're good, you know, mark my word when I said that one, because uh, mark it down, because although I am not a Packers fan, I would have preferred to see the Packers in the Super Bowl. I think it would have been a reason to watch. It would have been much more entertaining. It also would be good for our, for our local um morale here in in northeast wisconsin but you know we're not going to let sports dictate our success and happiness so um not a packers fan we're just clearing that up right away now let's dig into the question the question that i had regarding my question back would be you you know i'm, I'm a little confused where the line says as a note if i gave him the dummy or bumper to hold to go for a two mile he'd go for a two mile walk with it happily do that. He just lays down along the way and probably never bring it to hand if I asked for it. Here's the simple. So it sounds to me like you're saying he like he doesn't mind carrying stuff around. He'll carry that dummy for a two mile walk, but he's going to lay down and he won't bring it back to you. I'm not recommending you do this, but if that were a situation, I may put the dummy in the dog's mouth if he likes to carry it around and take him for a walk on lead. In, in work on heel position. So there's a difference between taking him for a walk and going for a walk and letting him run around at his own will. That's not taking him for a walk. That's going for a walk with him, quartering, casting, free-ranging him a bit. I think those are very valuable things to do, and I like doing them with our dogs. It allows dogs to create some understanding of the concept of independence. With I, I Okay, so I'll back up. I like doing that with dogs when we can create this feeling of independence, confidence, boldness in new environments, investigating, uh, exploring, if you will, with young dogs. I love doing that, provided we don't allow for bad habits or undesirable things to form and strengthen, which would be the inability to bring, get them back to us. So recall is the answer there. You know, the issue when we boil this all down, we go back up to the very beginning and we hear six-month-old puppy, he'll only bring it halfway back. So part of the issue is maybe recall as I'm reading this because recall isn't come halfway back to me. Recall is you come back to me wherever you are. If you're 100 yards out and I call you, you come back. If you're 25 yards out and I call you, you come back. It's not if you're 100 yards out, you come back to 50 or 25 out, you come back to 12. Like it's all the way back. So recall is possibly part of the issue. Recall is one that I just I just had a, another question that I was answering. I think it was an email, but I'm not sure. Email or an Instagram message, I think it was. Maybe it might have been Facebook, but I t- when, it was a gal. And one of the things we talked about was 
quite honestly, the issue is one of the major issues you're having is not being able to just get the dog back to you. And so I think the, I think her question was something about going to the bathroom and when should I put the dog on lead and when should I start teaching the dog to go on heel because the dog was like 12 weeks old and wouldn't come back and we'd take it out to the bathroom and it'd run off. And I said, well, recall is the issue. It's not a question about when do we put the dog on lead or how do we start teaching heel work. That's maybe part of it in the soon to come future. But the bottom line is the major issue, the symptom is uh, doesn't come back. The problem, the ailment is recall. In this case, I could say there is a probably a little bit of an issue with recall. I'd be surprised if at six months with a dog that likes to run back 50% of the time or 25% of the time with the dummy when you make a retrieve, I doubt you would say he's 100% on recall. So that is one of the things I'm going to say, guy, you need to work on. You got to get the dog back to you confidently. And you got to get the dog back to you without making a big scene of it. You got to get the dog to understand the idea and the concept of when you say, come here, it means come right to me, sit down, and I'll praise you. That is part of going to be the fix. It's The thing about this, the bigger thing, another big thing about this when I take a 10,000-foot view of it is the idea that the dog's six months old. It's really a little puppy. Uh, might be bigger in size, but it's a real little puppy mentally. And so I spend usually for the first 10 to 12 months of having a dog. Now, take that into consideration that I get them when they're seven or eight weeks old. So they're about two months old when I get them. I spend the first 10 to 12 focused, 90% of my time is focused on foundation. And a lot of people will go, no way, you don't spend that much time on foundation. 100% I do. I spend a ton of time on it because without it, I can't do any of the hunting stuff. I cannot, we did a, we're doing this new series uh, with this dog named Callie, a yellow dog. If you've watched us on Instagram or uh, Facebook, you probably have seen her a little bit. We haven't started posting the series. We've started filming it. We're going to be posting it real soon. Quite honestly, the one thing holding me up is I can't think of a good name for it, but we'll get over that. But the thing with Callie is 100% of the drills that we've been doing, I she's 15 months old. I cannot do those drills if she doesn't have a great foundation. She recalls beautifully. I didn't do that. I got her. She had that. We didn't allow it to, we're not going to allow it to fade. We're not going to allow it to erode. We're not going to allow it to get soft. We're going to hopefully continue to strengthen and build off of it. Because she has a good foundation, I'm starting to build a nice building on top of her. And that's going to be more hunting stuff. But without, but it's been, she's 15 months old. So for 10, 12, 13 months, I guarantee you where she came from, there was a major emphasis put on foundation. I couldn't do the drills I'm doing with her without it. So you got to remember at six months old, you got a puppy that you've probably only had for four months at the most. And of those four months, quite honestly, how much of that is like, truly able to like put good solid stuff into the puppy now you yes 100 percent of that time you can put good solid stuff in the puppy but quite honestly what does it amount to with a 10 week old puppy it's having them not poop and pee in your house it's getting them to follow you around in the yard which can be recall like that's how i teach recall i walk around and the puppies don't want to be left alone and they follow me 
And all the while, I'm sitting there going beep, 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 beep on the whistle and calling them to me. And when they get to me, I don't just blow them off and pretend that that's no big deal. I, I allow them to understand this is what he wants me to do. So we're going to get the dogs to come to us and then finish it. I talk about it in the Cali episode, one of the Cali episodes that we done that we filmed already. I talk about how when I she's developing range, I'm working on developing a range with her. Go out a certain distance and don't go any further because I can't shoot any further than that. But she also she struggles with the idea of getting a range and not getting off of my side. She likes to heal right next to me or she likes to run beyond range. So I need to figure out how to get her in between. So one of the things I've been doing is this. As she gets out too far, I stop her. I call her back to me. I'm not going to allow... So she knows that when I say come here, she comes to you. If I get in this habit of saying, that's far enough, Callie, stop there, come back, and she comes back, and she gets to about halfway to me, and then I just keep walking on and not not finishing that command out, not getting her to me, telling her she's done well, and then moving on to the next thing. If I get in this habit where I call her back, and about halfway back, I just start walking, and I don't pay attention to her anymore, and she just gets to kind of come and get close, and then go back to doing her thing, all of a sudden, recall is going to mean... Yeah, get close to them. Start coming back to them. Not all the way to and finish. You have to finish stuff with dogs or it doesn't make sense for them. So when I say recall, I'm going to call a dog and they're going to come to me and I'm going to get them to finish it with, an ex- with a period. Like it's a sentence. You can't write a sentence and never end it or it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Imagine if I read this entire email without any punctuation. My name is Guy, and I've been watching your videos obsessively for the last two days on YouTube. I can't believe how good they are and amazing they are. Exactly what I'm looking for. I have a six-month-old puppy that's pretty darn good, but one flaw that sometimes I throw it, and he'll bring it 25 to 50% of the way. He just lays down, and he doesn't chew on it. He wants to lay down, and he doesn't bring it back to hand. I realize after watching the videos that I messed up somewhere along the way. Like, you can't process all of that information and have it make sense when there is no punctuation. So when it comes to training, put a period on things. Put an exclamation point on things. Put a comma. Put a question mark. Put something that provides context of sense to the dog of how and when things are or aren't completed. So call the dogs back. Have them sit. There's the period. You recalled to me. Good. Sit. Good. Two things came back to me to the point where I could say sit next to me. That's one good. I marked it. Then I said sit, and you sit, and you put your butt down. Then I said good, and I marked it. Two periods. Boom, boom. Dog is, it's crystal clear when he says here, what's the next, what am I supposed to do to finish this sentence? Come close to him. When he says good, that's close enough. Then he, the dog says, I did it. Then I said sit, and the dog put its butt down, and I said good. There's a sent. There's the end of the sentence. Dog goes. Oh, I get it. That's what I'm supposed to do. So, recall is super important. Now at six months old, I don't think you can have all that stuff necessarily ingrained perfectly. And I bet you you don't, guy. So I do think you got to start working on that independently. That's without a dummy in its mouth. Now the question about the teething. You said you think he's done teething. I don't want you to think it. I want you to know it. And my question, one question I have is, what did we do while he was teething? Were we retrieving then? Did that create part of the issue? I think part of the problem, part of the way to fix problems is assess how come the problem is there in the first place. If we created it, how do we uncreate it? 
So were we doing some retrieving in this period when he was teething? Did that turn him off of the idea of picking stuff up? Did that turn him on to the idea of laying down to maybe chew on something? I don't know if it did or didn't, I'm asking you. Those are things that you have to assess. If it did, let's understand why we have the issue we have. And now we start to fix that. Now, the idea of him, let's just say, hypothetically, let's just say he doesn't have any of those habits formed that way. Dog just doesn't like to come back all the way. Well, how come? Is it because we stole it away from him when you bring it back? Is it because, what are the reasons that he doesn't want to, I want dogs to come all the way back and finish because they understand that I am going to be very happy with them. I'm going to praise them for it. I might even share it back with them. I'm, if I take it from them, I might give it back. I don't want them having this possessiveness of, I don't want to bring it back to him because all he does is take it away from me. Like that's a good reason for dogs not to come back. So what I want to do is the next question I'll have is, well, how far away is 50% of the way? How far away is 25% of the way? Are you making 100-yard retrieves and he's bringing it back 50 yards and stopping? Are you bringing 5-yard retrieves and he's coming back 2 yards and stopping? I don't know if that's a consistent answer or not. So what I would do is usually when I run into problems, I say let's simplify it. If we're making 30-yard retrieves, it's too far maybe. Let's make a 10-yard retrieve. Make it a third of that. Make it so that it's three or four steps out, three or four steps back. Make it that simple. Because it's real easy. The further away the dog gets, the easier it is for like static to build up and dissipate the connection. It's easier for there to be a cloud in between us and the focus isn't so t razor sharp anymore. Laser-like. It's like a flashlight versus a laser. I want a laser. So you can't, sometimes when you get to these great distances, that fades that away, especially if we're talking about a six-month-old puppy because that age alone, that immaturity is part of the cloud that helps break up the connection from us to them. So shrink it up, make it five to 10 yards tops. And then my question is, what are the options that the dog has? Now, it doesn't sound like he's running off with it, so that's good, but if, it's, if he's got a chance, so what I would do is, because it doesn't sound like he's running off, because it sounds like he understands the concept of go out and get it and start bringing it back, he's just not finishing. What I have had a lot of success with in the past is ignoring that dog and turning and walking away from him. And so they really love it when they stop halfway and they create mom or dad to look like a fool. They, we start getting excited. I, one of the ways I get a dog back to me is I do get excited. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I build up, and if they, if I read them and that starts getting them coming to me, then I start to slow the excitement down. If they start to hold up again, I get the excitement. So it's like this, it's this game of magnetism. Do what it, do what it takes to get them to move in the right direction. And then as soon as they do, don't keep going with it. Start to lighten up a little bit. And so the point, to the point where I don't have to do that to, to get the behavior, but that it might take that excitement to ramp them up, to get them coming towards me. And then once you get the momentum of them coming towards you, I can shut up a little bit and slow down and hopefully encourage the dog. Here's another thing, body language to the dog. If we stand up real stiff and straight and stern, if we get in an athletic stance, I've seen this before. Those are two different ways of doing it. People stand real strong and tall and they're almost intimidating. No one wants to come to you when you're like that. I've seen some people get down in like a a linebacker stance, athletic stance, like you're guarding someone in basketball. No one wants to come rushing up to you in that that pose, that 
that body language, that gesture looks like you want to go for a run. Makes you want, makes someone think you might tackle them. Makes someone think that this is going to be kind of a fun game. Let's maybe play chase. Let's maybe come and come and get me. It's tag. We don't want that. So one of the things that I like to do with dogs that are hesitant to come to me is get right down on the ground. Get down on my knees. Welcome them into me. Put my arms out. It's the exact same way that I get them to come to me without something in their mouth. So again, let's back up and simplify things. If we're having an issue with a dog coming to us with something in their mouth, I ask you, can you get them to come to you without something in your mouth? And how do you do that? A lot of times it's getting down and welcoming them in. And so now if you get dogs that get used to come running back to dad, oh, he loves me up. He gives me a lot of praise. He, he's real welcoming. Physically, that looks welcoming. It's a body language thing. If you can do that without the dummy, then you do it with the dummy. The dog is going to have flashbacks of the times when he ran running up to you and you welcomed him in with the, the, without the dummy in the mouth. And now it's just, I got a dummy in my mouth is all. So when he comes in, the last thing you want to do is snatch it away from him and stand up. End the game. Like you get him in, you welcome him. You share it with them. You're not in a hurry to take it away. I don't take it away from young puppies very quickly. Watch Bella be good. Bella had the best. See, one of the things that he says, that guy says, is he likes carrying the thing around. I could walk for two miles and carry it in his mouth. That's what Bella was like. Bella loves to carry stuff, loved to carry stuff. So take take advantage of it. Don't be in a rush to pull stuff away. So don't get them in and snag stuff. Get them in, let them have it. Take it away, give it back. Take it away, give it back. Turn it into a game. Share instead of take. So I think you got to get all of that stuff going. I think I would definitely turn and go away from them. No different than recall. If dogs won't come back to me without something in their mouth, one of the best ways to get them to come to you is walk away. Hell, run away from them. And then when they start to go, where's he going? I better go. And then they start to come. Now I turn around and I get down and I welcome them all the way back to me and I tell them how good they are. I've seen so many people that get so frustrated with their dogs because they won't come back. And so then they start to get mad. And then they start hollering. And then they start bitching at them. And then they're, God damn you, and all upset. And then the dog comes back and what do they do? Grab a hold of that dog and shake them up. I've seen guys lose their cool and do that. And my, I laugh at him and I go, next time do you think he'll come back any quicker? Why would he come back to you at all if that's how you respond? And some people are going to be listening to this right now and they're going to hang their head and go, oh my God, he just described me when I go into my little fits of rage when my dog doesn't listen. Now, I see this happen with young dogs. I see this happen with puppies. I'm speaking from experience. I've done it before. So don't think I'm better than you. I'm not. I've done it. I've been so mad at my dog when they come to me, I've grabbed a hold of them and yelled at them and, why don't you come to me? Because this is the guy that I'm coming back to. That's why. So I've learned over the years, I wouldn't come back to that either. I've gotten a lot better at it. It's the P word, patience. The more patience you have, the easier it is to find success with everything we're doing. So I also think you can create some physical things to help you. I think you can create channels. I've done it with snow fence where you take, especially this is especially effective when the dog wants to run away or make big circles. 
But we can literally make runways where the dogs go out and then they come back. They go out and then they come back. We can, we can do that to help this six-month-old focus, help this six-month-old with direction. Straight out, straight back. Straight out, straight back. Doesn't want to come back, turn and walk away from him. I like going to baseball diamonds when there's multiple fields next to each other. You got left field line and right field line fences, and they create like a real long corridor. I mean, it's 100 yards plus of fence. And so you got this ability to go up and down it, and they can see through the fence. So it's not like it's, you know, it's, it, it is a little bit tempting that way. It's a little wider, but. That's not where I take my little puppies to start out with or my six-month-old dog that's really got a bad habit of not wanting to come to me. I may structure it a little bit tighter and use a long hallway. If you can get access to a school, that'd be great. Long hallways and schools are awesome. But you can also use single-side edges. You can use tree lines. You can use, I use my driveway. My driveway works really well, especially in the winter when we plow snow and we got snow banks on both sides. It acts as like this funnel this channel to keep the dogs going straight out and straight back so we need to get the dog to a come without the dummy when they get the dummy we need to maybe turn and go away from them we just need to do whatever we got to do to get them to come to us and then when they get them to come to us i like this too sometimes it's simply sitting down so a lot of times sometimes we're out in the yard and we throw stuff and we're standing up and they just they don't want to come back they don't want to come back and so i put a five gallon bucket out on the ground and i sit down Instead of getting down on the ground and kneeling or sitting on the I, hell, I watched Cedar. We did a uh, video with Cedar, a little golden retriever of my parents, and we made some good retrieves with her. And almost always, I was sitting down on the on a on the porch. A lot of times, I sat down on the ground with her when I was training with her because she was a pretty cuddly little dog. She liked to come close to you, but it took a while. And she was it was interesting with her. And this is something that before I could ever crack the idea of her delivering to hand. I had to at least get her to come to me. And this is what stood out to me was I sat in the garage one day on the stoop. I just sat down in the garage. And she sat down about five yards away from me and looked at me. And normally any one of my dogs, when I sit down on the on the porch like that, they know, go cuddle with dad. Go, go. I, I might even be able to get up my head up on his lap. So they, they're going to come right over and they're going to suck right tight to me and I'm going to pet him and I'm going to love him up. Cedar wouldn't even do that. She didn't trust me. And so that was a telltale sign right then and there that she does not trust me enough to even come and want to sit by me. I had to get over that before I could even think about having her retrieve something. And she's a natural retriever. It's in her blood. But why would she come to me with something in her mouth when she wouldn't even come to me without something in her mouth? you got to have that. And that all comes back to trust, connection, feel, understanding, obedience, all that stuff has to be there first. Now, your, your question to me was, first off, I don't think she's teething anymore. Is she too young for hold conditioning? No, she's probably not too young for hold conditioning if she had all that other stuff. But I doubt you have all that. I'm sorry, I keep calling her she, but he's a, he's a he here. If he had all that other stuff and you had a major issue with hold or delivery, I'd say, yeah, you could go to hold conditioning. I doubt you have that yet. I doubt you have that that ability to go to it because hold is pretty extreme, as far as like it's intense. It takes it's it requires some focus and some concentration on the dog's part. It requires the dog to get a little bit uncomfortable by putting them up off their feet, putting elevating them. So 
I think it would probably be a little early because I think if less you have all that stuff, I think you're going to put this pup into a situation that is going to become so uncomfortable. And to start out with, you may take steps backwards in developing that trust that I think needs to be there first. So I say the opposite. Instead of going formal hold conditioning, I say go looser and more fun, but get good results. I don't need you don't need it to be perfect. Get the dog back to you. If they want to drop it at your feet, let them drop it at your feet. You can fix that with hold conditioning. But if you can't get them back to you, you hold conditioning is going to is it it will help if you had all the other stuff. I don't think you have all the other stuff. So, I think you got to start in the beginning is what I always tell people. Where do you start? In the beginning. Before we can start putting formal processes like hold into play, we got to have really basic foundational things like recall and trust and the idea of uh, understanding that you're together on this. Because when you go through hold, it's a team thing. You can mess that up pretty easily if you don't, if you're not doing it right. So you need to have a dog that's a little resilient because you might not do it right the first time. So the last thing you want is to go into it with a real fragile dog as far as a mental state and a comfort state. And and, and maybe it's, you know, some people are going to listen to this and go, yeah, but you talk, you know, my dog's a nut. My dog's super hyper and my dog's, then slow things down. Same, same, same necessary need for foundational stability. It's just a different thing. Instead of... Um, you still need to get that trust. You still need to get all that confidence stuff, but you need to slow the damn dog down. How do you do hold with a dog that you can't that can't keep its focus for 10 seconds? You're going to ask it to do things for a lot longer than that. If you can't get it to do nothing for 10 seconds and focus, you can't get it to focus on holding on to something for you. Slow down. Be patient. And six months is young. I think six months is probably a little too young. So I think... That probably gives you, so I had messaged Guy back and I said, you know, there's a lot here and I think actually a lot of other people probably find some value in this as well. So I'm going to do this podcast and um, I can get into it a lot deeper this way than I could just writing back um, and, and sending a message back. And so uh, Guy was not a listener of our podcast. He said, I didn't even know you had a podcast. So uh, he appreciated that we were doing this. Guy, I want you to listen to it. He says he's going to subscribe to it. I want you to listen to it. I want you to message me back when you get a chance and let me know if this makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, well, then we'll address it again. We'll go a little deeper. But I do think that those are, those are some things that come to mind right away that I think I would, would recommend you trying. Um, keep me posted. Let me know. And then, then uh, we'll go from there. So that's it. It's a podcast on kind of hold conditioning, but more about what do we got to have in place ahead of time and how do we address and assess some of the symptoms that we're seeing that, you know, I, I want people to understand that whole conditioning is a great thing, formal, that starts when they're little. It makes it a lot easier if you start thinking about it when they're little, which is why the more we talk about it, the more I think it becomes easier for a lot of people because the, they understand it rather than treating it like medicine to treat an, an ailment we're going to start doing preventative action so that we don't get sick. That's that, And I don't think that's a bad idea with all of our training. 
I think that's a good mindset to take into all of our training. It's why we do these podcasts. It's why we're doing so much on YouTube. It's why we're doing the the social stuff that we're doing because our workshops are better now. We get way more done in a handler's workshop. By the way, we're going to be announcing those dates here this week. We have two foundation workshops this spring. We have one next steps workshop this spring, and we are doing them. We did our. We were able to do our last one last year because of we got through all the necessary understandings of how to handle COVID and all that stuff. So we are doing the workshops. They're outside. They're spaced out. They're. I'm telling you right now, you need to get outside and do more stuff. It's the best thing for you, mind, body, and spirit. But anyway, the workshops are going to go on here at our place. In our workshops, we get way more done the last two or three years. We cover a lot more. We've changed the outline because of it, because we get through things better The people come because the people come into them more prepared. And the reason people come into them more prepared is because they watch our stuff on social. They watch our stuff on YouTube. They watch our stuff on Instagram, so, Facebook. They're listening to the podcast. They're 100% more prepared when they come to a workshop, which means we get way more done. And it's a lot easier. And I think that that can be said, I'm hoping that can be said about some of you with training, that you get to have a jump start if you find this prior to the dog or early on with the dog because you get on it right away rather than Google searching at six months out, out at 12 months out after you get the dog and you've got something that you literally are having a hard time handling. And then you go, oh my God, I wish I would have known this. Because those... It's important. Those early foundational months, that first year, you're going to put stuff in that dog that will be in it forever. Make sure it's the right stuff. So you kind of hear some snoring behind us. That was a pretty good deep snore. Mm-hmm. We got some snoring, some pup. We got dogs making weird noises in their sleep. It's a good, it's a good day when you get when you hear the snores in the background of the of the old podcast. So I'm going to wrap this one up, guy. Let me know how this works for you. Keep me posted. Uh, ben is up here. We're going to record another podcast here right away because I got another question um, that I want to knock out that I'm I'm in catch-up mode, looking at trying to catch up on some Instagram DMs. Um, I'm pretty caught up on Facebook. I was pretty caught up on Facebook prior to the weekend. I'm sure I'm in a hole now. And then uh, going through some email stuff. So if you have stuff out there for me as far as questions, uh, I appreciate your patience. We're getting better at, I think, I think I'm getting better at trying to keep up with them. But you take two or three or four days without answering them, I get buried pretty quick. So I appreciate literally uh, some of the Facebook stuff was a month out and I'm not proud of it, but I appreciate the patience and the understanding because um, it does get to be a whole bunch and that's great. What it's telling me is we're helping more people. And, and so if you would do us a favor, you're listening to this podcast, do me a favor if you'd go to our subscription on YouTube and hit the subscribe and notifications. And then if you're listening on a, on an app or a place that you can leave a review, if you'd do us a favor and leave a review, and if you'd share it with someone that you think it might be useful for, whether it be on our social media or whatever, any platform that you're listening to this on uh, or following our stuff, if you tag or share somebody, um, share with somebody that you think it might be helpful for, that is the number one way for us to be able to help understand how we're doing and getting traction for impacting as many people as we can. It's really our goal. I mean, I wouldn't go through all this stuff if we didn't think it was beneficial 
for more and more people. And the reason I know, well, the reason I, I'm assuming it is because I get great messages from folks. I get really inspiring, motivating messages from people who say, I watched this, I got into this, I did this because I saw or listened or heard this. And that right there tells is 100% the reason we do it. And it go it makes me go, we need to do more of that. We need to keep doing it. So anytime, it takes a lot of effort on our end. It takes a lot of our resources. But we've also decided, what's the point? If we're not helping more people, what's the point? It's 100% the driving force. So I thank you for it. I ask you to continue to do that. And we will continue to record these. We'll continue putting these out. So thank you so much for your support. As always, um, we will continue to do them. And we'll do our best with them.